This week on the Tonight Podcast, The Science of Sleep, with Dr. Elizabeth Delery. For everyone that came here to listen about science and trauma response, just give us a second, we're catching up. Please rest, you need it. I don't care what you say, it is not healthy for me, I'm not going to do it. Our circadian rhythms are naturally skewed a little bit off from the rest of society. Cortisol is elevated when we first wake up. I have a lot of tabs open right now, and I don't know which tab is playing the music. I'm not an electrician or light specialist. ADHD, superpower. Schedule your work day around what you know works for you. It's complicated. When you're in science, you know that nothing is clear cut like absolutes don't exist. There's always the exception to any. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome one, welcome all. This is episode 332 of the 108 podcast, The Science of Sleep with Dr. Elizabeth Delery. Today's episode is sponsored by Jiu-Jitsu 50. Folks, I want to tell you about Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. At Jiu-Jitsu 5.0, they believe training is a lifestyle. Their goal is to provide everything a police officer needs to not only become proficient in their control and defense skills, but also achieve all the physical and mental health benefits Jiu-Jitsu has to offer. And that's why they came out with the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app. It's the ultimate training tool for all law enforcement. Members get on-demand access to a huge library of techniques for the streets, grappling-based workouts, yoga, and monthly nutrition plans. Through the app, you also have 24-7 access to Jason, the founder of Jiu-Jitsu 5.0, for personalized training assistance. Jason is a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu and an 11-year law enforcement veteran. So go check out the Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 app in the App Store of your choosing, available on iPhone and Android. So what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another adventure here through the 10-8 land. Uh, You know, I've been a little open about my recent bouts with self-esteem and self-worth, and I just want to take a second to thank everyone for either checking in on me or at least at the very least enduring it. It's been an issue I've been dealing with for a long time uh, and here I am in my early 30s finally tired of feeling this way and trying to do something about it. So again I want to thank you guys for that and for any of you that happen to talk shit about having that issue or uh, me starting the meme war to try to distract myself and stuff like that uh, I just want to let you know I feel sorry for you but I have nothing but love for you, so we'll keep going on. So we're not going to be talking about self-esteem this episode, but I did want to address it because it's kind of been the elephant in the room, but maybe we'll talk about it in the future. You know, I've been going back and forth about if I'm going to continue this show past July or not, and at this point, I'm leading towards yes, but I may be taking a break, but we're going to see super currently busy currently super busy there we go that's what i meant to say uh with with just life in general so that will dictate what happens next uh i just started my summer semester for school and i'm taking a six-week biology course and it's already overpowering me so we'll see uh and then this coming monday i have a new psychology course i'll be taking so i'll be busy plus working full-time doing all this internet stuff and i'm going to try and actually like relax at some point during the summer so we'll see we'll see where where it all goes but the plus side to this is starting in the fall i'll be in my senior semester of school which is exciting so in about one year from there i'll have my psych degree so if i'm talking about last week's episode my hero's journey carries on so again thank you for indulging in this little check-in i just wanted to touch base now let's go ahead and talk about today's topic This episode covers a topic I've wanted to cover for quite a while at this point. Uh, Last year at episode 223, I had uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and we talked about how to improve mental health. And the very first thing the Lieutenant Colonel said was to improve your sleep. And ever since he said that, I've wanted to improve my sleep, and I've went and I've actually 
kind of dug deeper about what is so great about sleep. You know, I've always thought that sleep was more of an inconvenience. Like if I could plug myself into a wall, like a phone charger and just keep doing, that's what I would prefer. Not actually like lay down and being restful. But like I said, ever since speaking to the Lieutenant Colonel, uh, I've wanted to improve my sleep and, and also promote better sleep to law enforcement officers and, and other first responders. Of course, anyone working shift work. So we could be talking about nurses or even like the service industry. Same idea. It's you're going to be uh, all out of whack. That being said, sleep has become a more important topic in the general consensus. I think this whole idea of working yourself ragged is no longer the societal norm. I mean, you'll you'll hear people like I know I saw a video by Gary Vee about like Oh, billionaires don't no, it was someone else. It was it was some comedian. It was like, oh, oh, I think it was Kevin Hart, like, hey, millionaires don't sleep or whatever. And it's like they they do. Like don't don't start perpetuating that you need to run yourself ragged and not take care of yourself to be successful because that's not the case. I really appreciate that people like Andrew Huberman, Joe Rogan, Jocko are making the idea of better sleep and sleep hygiene sexy because it is so important. It is literally this like pinnacle function you need to sleep. So even, uh, I did some research, even single cell organisms are showing that they have a, a, a version of sleep. You know, they don't really sleep, but they go from activity to no activity. So that's their version of sleep. So literally from a single cell organism perspective, you need to sleep. It's universal. And if you don't sleep, you're going to have amazing and by amazing in the negative sense issues. I just completed a cognitive psychology course for my major, and I'll be talking about what I learned a little bit in our conversation with Elizabeth. I didn't want to bog her down by just going through all my research, so I'm going to share it with you in just just a little bit. But basically, I had a project that I did, and it was the importance of sleep in regards to your cognitive function. And in professions where you need to be cognitively precise, it's really important that we understand this, and that's why I chose that topic and we're going to talk a little bit with Dr. Delery about how it could very easily be proven that if you well it, it in the studies I checked you can have improper sleep and be cognitively deadened like your cognitive abilities go down I want to check to see the difference between day shifters and night shifters and I guarantee you for the most part night shifters have worse cognitive functions because they typically have worse sleep habits and sleep patterns because of things that we're going to talk about in the episode. So that being said, I'm kind of throwing all these big words out of you. And I, I want to start this episode by just saying like, this is going to be a trigger warning episode. Like if you're a cop or a dispatcher, or, you know, if you're a firefighter, you got lost somehow wound up listening to this episode, you're going to be triggered because we're going to be calling you out for your lack of sleep. And I am very much in the same boat as all of you guys, but this is stuff that needs to be addressed because as I said, and as uh, one of my guests a few weeks ago said, sleep's a superpower. And if you can handle your sleep, then you can handle just about everything else. Everything else in your life will get better the more you sleep. But let's go ahead and talk about cognitive functions because that's something that I actually did research on. So what are cognitive functions? Cognitive functions are higher order mental abilities such as learning, memorizing, decision making, creative thinking, moving, speaking, and problem solving. So all things that may come in handy working a policing job or anything like that. So let me break down my project really quick and give you an idea of what I learned so that way you can learn. First, so first things first, from firsthand experience, I can tell you that when you work night shift, and, and this is 
kind of general, but this is stuff that I gave to my class, but you wear sleeplessness as a badge of honor, right? I, I call it the misery Olympics, right? Like, so you start ba- bragging about how long you have not slept or how little you did sleep. And obviously that's a bigger problem regarding work-life balance, but there's also bigger problems that need to be addressed regarding what happens when you restrict sleep and more importantly, restrict good sleep. I was talking to someone who said, oh, you know, I can, uh, I can sleep for three hours and I'm, I'm just fine. No, you're not. You're tricking yourself to thinking you're fine. Uh, in 24-hour industries like public safety and healthcare industries, cogni- cognition is imperative. It's so important. So let's go ahead and talk about the CDC, uh, which I'll mention in the episode. Obviously, the CDC kind of has a bad rap after this whole COVID nonsense, but let's forget that, right? The Center for Disease Control, I think they have some good parameters as far as this is concerned. Um, they have different recommendations regarding different amounts of sleep necessary for different age groups. But what you're going to see is that they're all kind of in the same realm. Nobody should sleep less than seven hours. So if you are an adult, basically from 18 to 60, it is recommended you get somewhere between seven or more hours of sleep per day. If you're a teenager, eight to 10 hours. If you're a school-aged child, nine to 12. And if you're a toddler, 10 to 13. And then obviously the, the infants and then the senior citizens have different recommendations, but for everyone listening, um, for the most part, if my analytics are correct, you're right in that 18 to 60 range. Uh, so you need to aim for seven hours of sleep. And I know automatically you guys are like, well, that's not possible. It is possible. You just have to balance your life a little bit differently. And just for the record, it is not specific to first responder industries. In 2013, a Gallup poll said that 40% of Americans report getting less than seven hours of sleep. Okay. And in 2014, the CDC named sleep deprivation as a public health epidemic. Now think about that, right? What happened between the, I mean, that, that's a long time ago. That's almost 10 years ago. What has happened in the world since then? We all know. We all know. So it's only gotten worse. In November of 2017, the Netflix CEO said uh, that their number one competitor was sleep. And they also said that they're winning. And things in our society promote sleeplessness, whether it be night shift, mega doses of caffeine, right, with your big gulps and all that stuff, 24-hour news cycles, right, so you can't miss anything, late night stores, that all this does nothing but encourage our lack of sleep. And then as society has changed, especially since COVID, social media, uh, streaming services, they've all ballooned. Same thing with, like, you don't even... Uh, where I was watching something. I think it was Dave Grossman. I think I was watching Bulletproof Mind. And he said 20 years ago, when it got to be 10 o'clock at night, everything closed. TV was nothing you would want to watch. There was no uh, no social media, nothing like that. And when the lights, when the night went dark, you went to sleep. That's not the case anymore. You don't have to, right? And while it is convenient for us on night shift sometimes um, to help us stay awake in, in times that we need it the most, it's it's not good, right? It's not good, and, and society is suffering from it. So I didn't go and check to see, but I'm pretty sure our sleep deprivation epidemic is only getting worse. Inadequate sleep is linked to systemic inflammation. And in this little talk, I'm not even going to talk about what happens with your adrenals. We're going to talk about that with Elizabeth Delery. And also uh, your neurotransmitters, your, your, 
basically what tells your brain how to react to things and what to feel and things like that, they all get jacked out, of, get all out of whack too. In a study done with rats that were given chronic sleep deprivation, it caused death within 15 to 20 days. It also caused weight loss despite increased calorie intake. And the rats that were deprived of REM sleep, so the good sleep, resulted in decreased nerve growth in the hippocampus. Okay, so obviously, um, you know, 15 to 20 days without sleep for a rat, it's probably more than that for humans. I don't know, but for a rat study, that's a good kind of, hey, you need sleep there, buddy. Um, Also weight loss. But another thing, though, is that when your hormones get out of whack from not sleeping properly, that's the adrenals and your your neurotransmitters, uh, you could also gain weight. So that's that's something to think about, too. But it's not it's not like you're bulking. You know, you're just gaining. And we're going to talk about cortisol is you're just not depositing that properly. Also, so when you're sleeping, you're also dealing with your memories. So if you want to learn things, if you want to memorize things or if you just want to keep memories, it's impacted by sleep status. It is worse when it's deprived. That makes sense. So declarative memories such as semantic and episodic memory is benefited from slow wave sleep and non declarative Memory is affected by REM sleep. Those are big words. So basically, episodic memory is like your your short-term memory, and then your declarative memory is like things you know to be fact. That's affected by REM sleep. So think about it. Uh, to quote my good friends, not my friends, I wish they were, Motion City Soundtrack, commit this to memory. If you want to commit something to memory, like your deep memory, you need REM sleep, which is kind of like mid-wave sleep. And then for anything else, you need to get uh, slow-wave deep sleep. Getting less than seven hours of sleep shows negative signs and negative effects in cognitive functions as early as the next day. And there's been plenty of occurrences where I didn't sleep well enough. And then uh, the night before something and I go to work the next day and I'm in a fog. I remember like, especially now that I talk for a living in dispatch, saying things that just make no sense or I stumble over my words or whatever. And it, it's I'm like, oh, well, I just didn't um, I didn't sleep good enough. No. Well, yeah, exactly. But here's the reasons why it also has issues with your memory and your attention span and we'll talk about it but even as i was putting this episode together i was i was tired and didn't sleep well enough the night before and i couldn't focus and i'm doing schoolwork on top of it and i'm working so my attention span is already all over the place but i can't even focus on paying attention to what is literally right in front of me so just a snapshot it's not the full study it's not everything that i did it goes i went on to learn about uh senior citizens and children and how it affects them which it basically shows that you know, everyone thinks old people don't have to sleep as much or they don't sleep as much. No, it affects them just as much. And children, it shows that they need their rest too. So those of you with kids, make sure they get their sleep. So all that being said, I'm not the doctor here. I'm just a guy that's learning and thought this stuff was cool. It's like sleep is becoming a a hobby or passion project of mine. So I wanted to share some of that with you guys. Like, hey, look what I did, guys. I'm actually kind of smart. That being said, let's go ahead and get my good friend, Elizabeth Deller. She's been on the show 10 million times approximately, and she is the doctor here. So she's going to tell us everything that you need to know. Just a reminder, though, she is a doctor, but she's not a medical doctor. So anything she's recommending is not medical advice. So go ahead and check with your physician if you want to do so. I recommend if you're having trouble sleep, figure out what you can do to fix it. Um, so here's some suggestions. Here's a great conversation. My good friend, Elizabeth Dellery here on the 10-8 Podcast. Right. Typically, Elizabeth and I talk a lot earlier in the year than we than we are right now. Typically, it's 
first time was like in October or November, then it was like January, and here we are almost the end of the school year, which is exactly why. Um, <laughs> and and we're, we're here finally talking. I think we've pushed this conversation three, four months at a time just because we're, we're each busy with our own little shenanigans. But rest assured, we finally have her. We finally have Dr. P.H. Big D. Delery here. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, and yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like we were just talking about, it's it's the end of the semester. So I'm celebrating being done with everything for a week and you're I, you're wrapping up as well. I'm in crunch time for the next two weeks. Grades are due, let's see, hold on, in a week and a half. Mm. And I have 43 papers to grade. Ooh. Like... Uh, 43 final assignment project things, and then just a ton of like small homework assignments that they turned in throughout the semester. Oh, that you still have to go back and, and grade old stuff? Yeah, and just like double check and make sure I did everything right. And then if they had any bonus points, go back mm. and do that. Yeah. And, so you're, you're like, the professor that everyone in my group me accounts are bitching about like, where, where the hell's my grade? Where's the hell my grade? Probably, but they also know I've been like deathly ill oh, okay. i got a bunch of emails on friday when they realized like i wasn't fucking around with them that i was like really really sick um because i didn't have to go to urgent care and just get antibiotics um but when they realized i was really sick i got a bunch of emails saying hey please disregard the previous email that i sent you <laughs> the like, nasty one sorry <laughs> like please rest you yeah. need it and i was like yeah i do thank you <laughs> well that's good that they're at least uh compassionate about it i know uh, the people in my, in my school, in my classes, they, they're they kind of ruthless. Like, they're younger, you know, because obviously I'm undergrad. So the people in my I'm, – I'm one of the oldest people, I think, in these group chats. And I'm just, like, way more compassionate and understanding that life gets in the way. Meanwhile – but it, it really speaks to generations, right? Because I'm sure when I was in my early 20s, I was probably the same way. Like, I need it now. This is the most important thing in my life. And then you start realizing that, hey, it's really not. But also, I feel like this generation is a little bit different, too. True. Um, they so were... most of the people I teach, they reigned. It's a med school, though, so that's after college. They've at least had college. But it's from, like, around 21 to – I've had an oldest is 32. Okay. Which was older than me, which was really funny at the time, too. Um, but uh, – some of the things they'll email me and request, I'm like, there's no way you got away with this at your undergrad. Mm. And there's no way I would have even thought to ask this or even email my professor. Or like I had one student who got upset um, that they emailed me at like 445 on a Friday afternoon and then emailed me again at like 915 on Monday. And we're really mad that I hadn't emailed them back because I have something in my syllabus that says, like, I'll try to respond, especially to urgent concerns within 24 hours. I mean, 24 working hours. Like, I have a weekend. I'm not just, you know, waiting around for mm -hmm. you. So technically, in terms of workday, it's only been 30 minutes. Right. Sure. And they are just angry. And I was like, I would never have done this to my professors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was honestly, I mean, a lot of my professors have it uh, stated out that, like, if you respond, if you email me during the week, this is my response time. But if it's on a holiday or weekend, this is the response time and you just got to deal with it. So, and yeah. I've, again, I've been understanding and when it gets to like the, the 48 working hours, it's like, okay, like, are you blowing me off? What's going on here? But, oh no, usually it's like we lose emails, like, mm -hmm. holy crap. Like our emails are public typically. And so I'm on every spam list mm -hmm. known to man. And like, I get these really crazy guys that we can talk about if we're talking about, you know, neuro stuff that will email me like end of the world doomsday mm -hmm. theories about science and medicine. And I got this like, you know, what's it called when they like their agenda, not their agenda. What's it? The, word? the manifesto. 
yeah, I got a manifesto in my <laughs> spam email. This dude who was like, like the Jews are trying to take over the world. Oh, and he's he's a Kanye like, supporter. Oh, he's massively anti-Semite. And I was mm. like, this is not okay. One, don't email me. Two, like what? Like they had theories about COVID and mm. just vaccines and all this stuff. And I was like, dear sweet Jesus, like, please leave me alone. Right, right. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's It's been a, it's for everyone that, came here to listen about science and trauma response. Just give us a second. We're catching up. Uh, uh, it's been a, a really different like culture shock going back to school for me. Like it's been, I think eight years since I was last trying to do my undergrad. And, but it's been, I mean, I, I came to the realization it's been like 15 years. I've been on this school journey and I've literally seen the complete trans transformation of, of today's youth. Those, these damn kids, <laughs> Well, I mean, if you want to parallel it to police, I'd imagine police see things dim- like similar. I mean, granted, they're not emailing you about assignments, but, you know, the interactions are going to be the same. Right. You know, it's kind of like the lack of, of I'm not going to say lack of, I don't want to say it like inappropriately. Um, it's not that they're like, it, it's a little bit more entitled, maybe. I mean, yeah, I appreciate yeah. the confidence that comes with that, but I think it's like. I don't know. I have some thoughts on that. I think but. I think it's also just the perspective of like this is what they're focusing on. This is number one on their on their agenda. The only thing really on their agenda that quote unquote matters. Um, everything else is just you know hanging out. I mean there there are definitely people that work, have kids, all this stuff for sure. But you know I, you can see where it ranks on the importance and their priority list. Um, so it is what it is. And like I was taking a class that's basically intended for freshmen psychology freshmen so when you're getting like the 18 year olds like fresh out of high school that's the one that i'm like whoa these like this class literally is called career readiness and you have to submit a cover letter and a resume and do like a yeah and i'm just and like they're freaking out about things and i'm like but it took me a minute to realize like i've already had two careers at this point you know and and i've done cover letters and, and things like that so it really, for me, was just shifting the focus from police to psychology now. But um, yeah, so it's it's just been a, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, I start summer semester on the ninth, and Ooh. I'm taking three classes over the summer because I'm a sadist. But <laughs> but I did it. I, You're I think, in good company. You're yes, in good company. yes. Um, I think I did it correctly though because I have one sh- summer short term in the beginning, one summer short term in the end, and then one going the entire summer. Ooh, I do like that. So I broke it up. So that really, I'm only doing two classes at one time. So it's not yeah, too bad. That's nice. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, because the way my, my path to graduation was, was, um, I would graduate, I'd have to take one class in the spring of 2025, but by taking the one extra class in the summer, I move it to the fall of 2024 and take them all at the same time. So, oh yeah. So oh, yeah. why, why waste another full semester on one class? That was well, then idea. all the, the fees they charge you and stuff like that. But that should be, that gives me an idea for your next podcast. Cops who go back to school or like work on their degree on the side, mm. because it's going to be a whole new like ball game, you know, yeah. assuming they're older, they're adults, adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These kids are 18. They're adults legally. I, you know, mentally, I don't think, I still don't think I'm an adult sometimes too. Oh, like, me neither. Me neither. I, yeah. I mean, I like, we want to get serious. I had like an existential crisis. I'm like, I'm literally just a giant child, like in me many too. different ways. And like, <laughs> I, I like literally had like a bad day thinking about like, Oh, look at all the things that I'm into. This is stuff that a teenager would be into. Like not even like fun stuff, like literally podcasting. And like, yeah. the, like this is just stuff that like a, a teenager would. And I was like, Man, it's time to grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. <laughs> like, I had a moment, but 
I, but then, you know, it gets me wondering, like, did our parents feel this way? Or were they, did they feel more, like, able to take care of themselves? I, yeah, I had that, actually, crisis last night because one of my friends posted a meme that was like, you know, all those things you liked when you were a toddler are cool again. Like, everyone wants to know about dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Space. Pardon my language. This is a little inappropriate. It was, it was meant to be a funny one, but they're, like, big boobs. Everyone loves big, you know, yeah, so stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, but they're, like, literally everything that, you know, you liked when you were a toddler is now, like, actually cool and hip to do. And mm-hmm. I was like, this yeah. is... This is mind blowing, right? And like, all, I think of like all the superhero movies that are out, and like we saw Mario last night, which was amazing, by the way. Everyone's got to go see the Mario movie; it was a lot of fun. Um, but like, just stuff that like, yeah, that I liked when I was like, may, I wouldn't go with toddler, but definitely that too. They came like out with younger. like a yeah, yeah, younger, definitely like high school and and before that. Um, it's wild, and it's definitely causing like this existential crisis. But I think it's because people that like that stuff when they were younger are now professionals and they can make that into movies and pop well, culture and we're now and stuff. cool we're now considered cool because i think it was really funny a bunch of my science friends are like you know we got bullied in high school uh-huh. because you know we were the nerds who loved learning about this i'm like just obsessed with it like i mean my high school psychology class i was front row center every single day like i was so excited about about it and all my classmates are like you know like, screw this this is supposed to be my flyby course yeah and then now it's like Oh yeah, like I'm teaching. I'm excited about this. Like I'd say I'm 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 decently cool. Like I'm still really weird, but like <laughs> less ostracized societally. Right, than, like, right, right. High school and stuff. And, and it's, it's cr- weird. when you look at like what's popular in in pop culture, like Andrew Huberman. Like you flash forward or flash back to like 15 years ago, no one in his position would be popular. That wouldn't be like something that people would uh, go on. And I think the beauty, the finally we found a beauty of social media made that possible because back when it was just you know the four or five major channels and you would get whatever they wanted out there, there you know there wasn't really anything. You had your Jerry Springers, you had your you know Ricky Lakes. That was your psychology, quote unquote. You know so. Um, or Dr. Phil, you know, that was, that was the idea of like mental health. Um, go figure that it became stigmatized from that. Right. But yeah, you, you know, so you're right. So it's not, it's not all bad. It's not all bad, I guess. Um, so we are, um, we're, we're here to talk about sleep, the, the importance of sleep, something that you and I both lack. Um, and then if we, if we have some time, we're going to, we're going to sprinkle in some trauma response, which I think sometimes they go hand in hand. So let's go ahead and get into it 10 minutes of catching up loved it so sleep you know i had a guest on a few weeks ago said that sleep is a superpower like if you want to fix everything in your life start sleeping better and speaking of andrew huberman he's the one that really got me into sleep was he talks about all the amazing things biologically psychology that gets regulated when you sleep properly Huberman's cool, I think, in that he's getting more people interested in science and like learning behind it. And he does cite studies with all of his stuff. What I think his stuff lacks that a lot of people who are not as well versed in the field like miss is that there are more nuances to it. Um, so, like, usually a lot of his posts are based on like one or two studies, which is fine. Like, it, it it is relevant to some people, but there are like exceptions. There are, you know, more variation to mm-hmm. it. Um, like his big thing, like he, anytime I see a post from him where he's like, yeah, like wake up at five in the morning, like, you know, get, I was like, fuck no, like, no, no. Like, I don't care what you say. It is not healthy for me. I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah. And something that when I, I listened to his, like his big episode on sleep and 
you know, he like kept kind of talking about it, but he never addressed it was uh, shift work and people that work night shift and things like that. Like he was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, this is important for these people, but he never talked about what to do. So because I was just kind of learning about it myself and I think this was, this was about in January. So I was trying to do the whole new year, new me, 75 hard type <laughs> I think, idea. And I just gotten into night shift, like permanent night shift. So I had to figure out how to make that work because I can't wake up at 5 a.m. because I'm up at 5 a.m. Like that doesn't make sense. But what I what I came to realize is that like the clock has 24 hours on it. And depending on when you're awake, that's your slice of that pie. And we always joke about like, oh, I didn't know there was a five o'clock on this side of the clock. Right. But when that's your reality. So basically just a, just an idea, like I work from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then I go to the gym from 6 a.m. to 7. And then I drive home. I'm in bed by like nine. And for a, like when I first went to nights back to like I, I was a lifelong night shifter then i spent like a year on days and i got totally out of whack but so when i was coming back i was like oh this is this is a grind and it took my my crossfit coach to be like no it's the exact same thing you were doing when you were on day shift just on the other side of the clock and the moment he said that that visualization and the utilization of my time made perfect sense because it was no different than me going to bed at 9 p.m 10 p.m now it's just when the sun's out which is a little trickier but there's so many blackout curtains and noise canceling, such and such. It makes it easier. Well, and they've shown that that's what they call the diurnal, that most humans are on a diurnal sleep-wake cycle. It's two, and it doesn't matter technically which direction the two is in, like whether you sleep-wake, wake-sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's the same thing. It's flipped. And so I do think it's, with most science communicators online, like I think it's important to also realize like that there are nuances, and yeah, where they might be giving um, advice that's, you know, generalizable for most of the population, there's always exceptions. Like I'm not going to tell a night shifter to wake up at five in the morning. They're probably just now getting off of work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always, you know, nuanced with that, but they have shown that with that diurnal, especially shift workers who flipped, like they have the opposite diurnal than what's, what's traditionally acceptable, that their bodies adjust and their cortisol cycles are exactly the same as though, as long as they like stay to like their night shift kind of routine, mm-hmm. right? As long Which as they is... say that, that it's the same, and they see the same you know peak when they wake, drop off by the time they go to sleep. It's just legitimately flipped, you know, in terms of when they're awake and when they're asleep. Right. So I think the first thing we need to talk about, and we talked about it um, last year when we did our, our stress episode, but let's go ahead and identify and define cortisol. And we'll kind of explain that because we're going to be saying that a lot. And then if there's any other sleep-related hormones or things that are impacted by sleep, just to kind of get that out of the way so that way people know what we're talking about from Jump. Yeah. Well, do you – well, you just took the psychology class on it. Do you want to give us the definition? Uh, I, 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 no, thank you. Um, I'm going to take the uh, the doctor's the doctor's uh, recommendation here, and I will just chime in if I if I hit, hit on something that I remember. Well, I want to keep it as simple as possible. So mm-hmm. technically, we call cortisol the um, stress hormone. We mm-hmm. call it the sleep hormone. No, it's not the sleep hormone. It's the stress hormone. Um, so it is basically a you know signal in our body that gets released, um, and that is elevated in times of stress, which is why we call it the stress hormone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what does what does sleep do regarding our cortisol levels? And like, so when we're when we're stressed, obviously it. it spikes the cortisol what does what does sleep do to that and how does that kind of fluctuate then oh so i went down a rabbit hole right before we talked on this perfect i was like i was reviewing everything i was like oh let's you know throw back and look at some of the current science i had never heard of the cortisol like 
I mean, I knew that cortisol is elevated when we first wake up. Mm-hmm. It's just what we know is highest in the morning and drops off throughout your day. Um, and then that's like kind of what prepares you for sleep because melatonin will increase as the cortisol drops off. Melatonin is, you know, what helps you sleep and helps relax the body. Um, and that while you're sleeping, cortisol gradually increases every two to three hours until you have that peak, like right after you wake up. And I went down this rabbit hole cause I didn't know they actually call it the cortisol awakening response and that people have actually been like hardcore studying it and how there are actually differences mm-hmm. and that certain people actually won't experience that spike in the morning. Um, like people who are lower socioeconomic status and under more stress don't have a peak probably because they're under higher they levels it, of stress. Like, yeah. Generally, um, you know, the theory behind why it peaks in the morning too, cause it's like, well, why, why do we have a stress hormone peak? First thing when we like, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because it's it maybe kind of preparing you for your day, helping to wake up your brain, helping you to like get ready for all potentially life stressors that day, you know, it, it makes you better prepared to handle them is one of the theories behind it. Um, but they've also seen like other things too, like people who are like super stressed out in their lives, um, don't have that people who do like alternating shift work where they flip shifts too much mm-hmm. really don't have it to their at a constantly elevated level <laughs> they also showed that nurses there was a study in nurses uh, which i would imagine probably relates to police they were looking at different like uh, uh, work schedules mm-hmm. and so nurses mm-hmm. who typically work like night shifts like you they're like uh, it only lasts for about 30 45 minutes typically in the average human being but in shift work nurses who have it, you know, their diurnal clock flipped, it actually lasts for about two hours after they wake. So they're actually at a higher level of stress, which I would imagine is probably not, not good in the long term. Right. Um, but on higher levels of stress for, you know, maybe up to two hours after waking, which is fascinating, I think. Is there a physiological symptom to when you're having that cortisol bump or, or maybe that thing? Like, do you feel a different way? <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't because it's like kind of the normal cycle. I mean, I guess the feeling when people feel stressed, like you feel tense, mm-hmm. like you've clenched your muscles, like those are all things related to it. Like, so there's no one physiological symptom you'll see or feel or anything like that, but you'll feel the you know physiological effects overall, whether you like grind your teeth, clench your jaw, tense mm-hmm. your shoulders and neck. Um, I guess, I guess the reason I was asking, like, say you are someone that has that, you know, either it doesn't spike, it's just ongoing or if it takes longer is there a way to know that it's doing that without yeah you can easily do some tests with your doctor okay Uh, cortisol is something that they can measure um i actually measured uh salivary so spit cortisol levels in college uh when i was trying to see if meditation so they i think i told you guys this before but for our, our senior thesis project we had to come up with our own idea and then at the last minute the big you know surprise is that we had to find someone else in the class who's part like project idea aligned with ours and find a way to combine them. Mm. So they like stressed us the fuck out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I got matched with one of my buddies, like, cause I adore him. And I was like, Oh, we work well together. Like I want to work with you. Well, his was like, he wanted to do like yoga and meditation. And I was like, I hate yoga. I hate meditation. I don't want to do any of this, but we figured out a way to like, he wanted to see, and I just wanted to stress people out and see what happens. <laughs> um, and see that, what happened to that goes back to the, the sadism, by the way. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and masochism. I forgot which one's which. But yeah, yeah. Mad- masochism is, is self, sadism is everyone else. So really, I yeah. said it wrong the other way. But anyway. like, yeah, well, I was a masochist, yeah. But anyway, both, both. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was just curious what would happen. And so Safe word his is pineapple. idea was, yeah, no, science, fuck <laughs> around and find out. Yeah. Which is, I have your FAFO sticker on my laptop when I work, just because I'm like, that's what science is, is fuck around and find love out. Love it, love it. 
Um, but Brian wanted to do have some people do meditation before the stressful event that I was going to give them and see what happened. Mm. And then, so like we randomized and half of them, you know, who like some of them had meditated before and some hadn't meditated before, but basically they had them listen to like a guided meditation track for about 30 minutes before I put them through this battery of, you know, stressful events. It's like counting backwards in front of a bunch of people, but like by sevens and like some things. Oh, that, yeah. Like, yeah. People don't want to do math out loud, stuff like that. And like from an absurdly high number and things like that. Um, and then like random public speaking about random thing, like, you know, all kinds of stuff that like would stress a normal person out. Mm-hmm. I'm and stressed then, just thinking about it. Yeah. And then we measured their spit cortisol levels before and after the event. And there was less of a spike in those who meditated, which I thought was fascinating. Interesting. So it was like, it, it predict, like it protected them before the event, hmm. which was cool. I think, yeah. I mean, granted it was, it was a small study in college kids in, you know, Southwestern Virginia, but I mean, I would I mean, I could feel like it probably relate to other yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Too. You know, I, I, uh, so we were talking, I did a, a project on sleep and the importance of it and what happened basically. So I was in a cognitive psychology class and we were, I was trying to figure out the impact of sleep on cognitive functions and big words, guys. I know this is a bunch of cops <laughs> listening. Just, just bear with me here. So basically, you know, uh, it showed just generally the, um, impact on sleep on the general population, senior population, and then on kids. And I was reading all this and basically, so they would uh, intentionally put people without sleep for, or, or not even without sleep, but like a reduced amount of sleep. And um, they would test their cognitive functions and they would do it for about, um, you know, six months to a couple of years, whatever it was, whatever their, uh, their trial was. And then they would do it again and see what their, their cognitive functions had changed. And, I'm reading these studies and I'm going, I need to do this on night shift and day shift like that. You know, if you show someone who's chronically on day shift and chronically on night shift and just let them live their normal lives, but they have to keep track of how much they sleep and things like that. What would their cognitive functions be? And there's a battery of cognitive tests that we did in class as well to show like, you know, your memory, your able, your ability to recall spatial recognition, you know, all these different things. Um, so it's kind of in line with what you're talking about as far as like the stress. And then this is with the sleep, um, which I'm sure if you stress somebody out, I know for, for a fact, that's the reason why in a lot of PAT tests, they make you run. And then they make you do a fine motor skill, like shoot a gun or whatever, open a car door or things like that. So that's, you know, the way that they can uh, organically create stress is by making you run and shake and things like that. Um, So that being said, so going back to Huberman, because he's going to be a point of reference for me for a little bit. um, He says, like, you know, you get that spike or whatever in the morning and he his big thing is look at the sun, right? Like go out there, look at the sun. What is there something to do with natural light and like relaxing the cortisol levels? I don't know about directly relaxing the cortisol levels. We just know that it's associated with like I'm less versed in the science of what's happening optically. Um, but we do know that, you know, bright light does help wake you up. That's a reason why like people say don't use your cell phone before bed because the blue light from cell phones can sometimes you know, trick your body. I think it alters more cortisol levels to or not cortisol, uh, melatonin levels too, because if you are looking at your phone without like a red light, either red light dimmer apps, I highly recommend getting them. I think iPhone has its standard added in on the newer editions now. Mm. Um, but the blue light from your phone at night you know, keeps your brain awake, tells you like it's, it's wake time, like you should not be sleeping. And so it can actually screw up your melatonin levels, which prevents you from getting good night's sleep. And so I would imagine too, like getting sunlight in the morning may help also trigger some of that cortisol spike. Cause when I was looking at the cortisol awakening response, 
um, they were saying that, let's see, I want to double check that I'm saying the right thing. <laughs> they did look at if people woke up in the night time during, or like dark versus the light. Um, and they did see what there was no difference, I think, between or there was a difference between those that. Oh, I don't even know. I went down many, many. I have a lot of tabs open right that's now. That's awesome. That, that's how my brain is on a normal basis anyway. So. Yes. And I don't know which tab is playing the music. Uh-huh. Oh, However, well. you know, I got to say, Chrome has made it easier. There's like a little tiny speaker that shows when the tab is playing the music. It's pretty, pretty nifty. But if oh, you have... Okay. It does say. Have, okay. result, awakening response is larger in people when they wake up in light rather than darkness. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so basically when you wake up, open up the, the shutters or whatever and, and get some light in there, which is which is weird because they always say that obviously, which makes sense, the better you sleep is you know dark and cold. I always say that like sleeping in a cave. Yeah. So as soon as you can eliminate that that part, don't check your phone first and things like that, which I feel like we're all guilty of for sure. Yeah. Um, trying oh, yeah. to Try to do better with that. But um, so, okay, so that makes sense. So doing that, what about our, our – go ahead. I was going to say because you just said blackout curtains and a lot of I know night shift officers use that so they can sleep. What you can do though if you want that naturally simulated sunlight is there are a lot of groups that make like alarm clock lamps mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. will actually light up to – and I mean, there are brighter ones that I think they're more recommending are the brighter ones now that you can actually set that like 20 minutes before your wake up time, it will gradually increase in light to mimic and trick the body. So for those that have blackout curtains, but then you open it up and it's like nighttime or like dusk and you're getting ready for work, but getting one of those kind of lamps and like they're under a hundred bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen um, them. And also like, um, they're fantastic. I have one. It's, I love it. Yeah. I, I do not have one, but I have a window right there and I wake up early enough to, to, negate that but when you go into the winter months when daylight savings time and and it's dark just all the time and dreary whatever so it gets more and more important yeah i see him sticking his head out there he's seeing what's going on um they have no idea what i just was referring to either (laughs) it's a dog it's a dog it's a dog Um, i'm hiding in my office and my dog is trying to look over the stairwell uh, (laughs) my office to see me um so anyway it's it's more important to to stim to simulate that, not stimulate it. Well, stimulating, I guess too. Yeah, I guess they could both work. Um, yeah, so I I could see that working as well. What is there an issue with using fake light, like like not actual like like if you're using like a a generated source versus sunlight, or is it just as long as it's bright? I think suddenly it's better, but there was, because I was reading up on it, and I don't even, I'm not an electrician or <laughs> light specialist, but there's, well, it's the, I think it was the wattage that they were talking about, that there are certain ones that like, like Philips, which is like a light bulb company, has actually put money into figuring out like what hue or whatever, or like wattage they should use to have it as close to like a sunlight mm. response as possible. And so I think they were the ones who actually had some science behind it, like, they did the best they can without having like actual sunlight. Mm, okay. So um, let me, let me uh, just like time in just for a little bit here. If you guys go back to season two, I had an episode about crime prevention through environmental design. The second class of that uh, is, is advanced septed. And it suggests it, you have a whole like block of training regarding lighting 
and it's it's done for um, crime prevention, obviously, but you can kind of learn about how different levels of lights and what they call temperatures of lights can um, impact you. And they do go into talking about uh, LED versus uh, fluorescence and, and so on and so forth. So it's an interesting thing, and you're, you're sitting in there as a cop going, what does this have anything to do with stopping crime? But it's pretty interesting. So uh, when she was just talking, I was like, oh, I could probably – Take those two things, put them together, and figure out how to how to wake up properly. Woo! Yeah, look at that. See, it's all coming together now, folks. ADHD superpower. Yes, exactly. It is a superpower. Uh, sometimes it's a, a super villain too, but that's, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> well, as as we're talking, I was looking. Of course, someone sent me a meme, and I was like, "Oh, I have to look at it." Uh, like, of course, no regulation or self control, and it was ADHD is being pretty good at basically anything you want to be, and absolutely terrible at anything you need to do to live. That's absolutely true. That is so true. So true. So like sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd be curious to study people with ADHD because they have typically associated with the delayed sleep phase disorder where our circadian rhythms are naturally skewed a little bit off than the rest of society. And that our ideal sleep wake is like we could go to sleep at 2 a.m. and wake up at 10 a.m. Like if we were left to our own devices, that's what we would do. And so I would imagine, you know, if I looked at my cortisol levels, at 10 a.m. when I naturally want to wake up, it would spike, you know, right after. But again, I'm, you know, forced to work a typical job nine to five. And so like, ugh, I'd be curious to see if I'm overstressed out at 8 a.m. or like if it hasn't kicked in yet, because I'm definitely like groggy and not in it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then me, I want to know what your cognitive functions are like at that time. Oh God, it's shit. Right? It's so, shit. Don't like, put me through any cognitive battery tests at eight in the morning. It's gotten to the point where like, but it's, it's, there's a lot of self-awareness in taking that class because I'm like, I've started doing some homework or I start working on the podcast and I'm like, I'm not here. Like I, I, I'm here and I can do it or um, whatever it might be. And I'm like, cognitively, I'm not. And like, you always know, right? When you wake up and you don't sleep enough or if you pull an all night or whatever, you know, the next day, like things just don't feel right, but you don't know why. And now I know the science behind it and why you don't feel right. And it's well, like- schedule your work day around what you know works for you. So like, if you know that you're you know fuzzy in the morning, answer emails or like maybe low stakes emails, mm-hmm. not anything important uh, and do little stuff until like you're fully cognitively awake to like, Oh yeah. Now I'll podcast or now I'll do homework. Correct. And, and or for, cop. yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say for, for my, my coppers out there who maybe they are night shift, you know, night owls, but they're forced to work days Listen, that's that's where you go find the breakfast spot. That's where you go find the the oak tree and catch up on paperwork or whatever it might be. You know, we don't we don't want to uh, applaud parking lot sitters, but you know, at the same time, you don't want to put yourself in a precarious situation if you if you can avoid it. Obviously, law enforcement or first responders in general can't really dictate that. But if you have the ability to, uh, you definitely want to play to your strengths, right? You're not going to put a croquet mallet in Kobe Bryant's hands and, you know, tell him, you know, go ahead. No, you're going to play to what you're good at. Um, So if you know that you peak or, you know, you start like really get your gears going at 10 a.m. or whatever it might be, if you're able to, right, because sometimes we're forced to work shifts that don't work for our uh, to our best abilities. Obviously, Elizabeth waking up at 8 a.m. when she wants to wake up at 10 a.m. But Again, that's where you kind of figure out how to mold to the way you need to be. So, and this is ignorant because I don't actually really know how you guys schedule stuff. Like, is it possible that you could be like, oh, hey, like, you know, this first, can you talk to like your shift person, your person in charge of shifts and be like, yo, I would like to do reports for the first hour 
I'm in, or do they not? <laughs> it's, I mean, it doesn't always go that way. Um, yeah. you know, I have seen, I have seen like with NOPD, like I've, I've been in some roll calls. It was fun. Um, where they were like, yeah, like there's, you know, 20 pending calls from the shift before you yeah. like, sorry, this Sounds is going to be really right. short. You guys all have to go. And I guess too, you'd also, it would be priority. Like, I guess you guys rank them on what's correct. Like yeah. critical crap. Okay. So I can't, I was like, the other option you could be is like, well, maybe I'll just take the grant, like the granny call. Or she just well, like wants to complain about her neighbor or something. Karen. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. In, in a lot of cases, it's you know, first off, whatever's there. But if it's if you got twenty, you got to pick the most important of it. Yeah. Which, you know, if so, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that's what I mean. Like, you can't really dictate what's coming down the pipe as far as what calls for service you got coming in. But when you do have that downtime, like maybe don't run traffic first thing in the morning if that's not your if you're not there yet. You know, uh, yeah. don't. Or if you're like one of these go-getters, don't be out chasing stolen cars when you know that you're you're you know feeling a little foggy. Or do do things, and we're going to touch on it in a second to like get you through. Um, but let's talk about caffeine real quick because that's obviously <laughs> the if we had a um, you know a Superman and Lex Luthor, Superman being sleep, Lex Luthor being caffeine, right? Because they kind of combat. Or is it not that way? It's complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's a complicated relationship. And that's, well, that's the other thing with Huberman, because I'm like, he makes it very, seem sound very clear cut. And I'm like, when you're in science, you know that nothing is clear cut. Like, absolutes don't exist. Like, it's absurd. Um, there's always the exception to anything. And I feel like, you know, being ADHD, you know, when everyone's like, oh, again, you know, don't drink coffee before bed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mess with me. Like, that. Correct. I, like, I Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so it's complicated for me to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, like limit your caffeine intake before bed, because that's what, you know, that's what they what they call it sleep hygiene. Like do things that help prepare you for sleep, wind your body down, like take a bubble bath, do yoga, stretch, you know, limit your caffeine. I think someone said, I think it may have been Huberman, but I don't remember. It was some social media person who was like, don't drink caffeine after 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is a recipe for me going homicidal. Mm-hmm. Homicide versus drink coffee after 1 p.m. I'm drinking coffee after 1 p.m. Right. And just for reference, it's 3 p.m. And I'm currently drinking like my fifth cup today. So. Oh, well, no, being sick, I've switched to tea all week. But uh, so that may also contribute to the why I've had this like raging headache. (laughs) That could be. In withdrawal. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, they say in, in, you know, non ADHD individuals that you should limit your caffeine before bed because caffeine is a stimulant. Um, and with normal non ADHD people, uh, stimulants obviously tell your body to stay awake, uh, and therefore, you know, can keep you up longer, which affects your sleep, which affects your cortisol cycle. And when the cortisol is going to peak and then throws off your next day, it also affects your melatonin cycle. So mm-hmm. it, it can cause all kinds of chaos with that. If you're ADHD, I say drink it whenever you want, <laughs> which, which is what I, so when I first was going on nights and I was trying to stay in that at least stay up late. I wouldn't stay up all night, but I was trying to do that on my days off is I would try to go to bed around three because I don't want to sleep the whole day away when I'm off and, you know, family life and stuff to go along with that, which is tough, you know, when everyone else is going to bed and you got nothing else to do or working on whatever, then it's like, oh, let me go get another cup of coffee at 11 p.m. I've kind of, as the semester went on, kind of went away from that. But I saw something very recently. It was one of the social media important people and they were talking about caffeine half-life and that's why they recommend stopping it when they do um and again if you're night shift when we say 12 p.m we're really talking about 12 a.m like just take that the 24 hours and flip it for you 
or I guess 12 hours, flip it to the other side of the clock. Um, so do you know anything about caffeine half-life and how long it stays in your system active or anything like that? I also know it's complicated oh, okay. um, because caffeine is metabolized mostly by the liver and you have enzymes in your liver known as cytochrome P450. That's just the name of the enzyme that breaks it down. Enzymes, you know, are active molecules that break things down. Yeah, the way you and said it are- though made it sound like sunscreen, but continue. Oh, cytochrome P450 is my favorite thing. Like, I'll drop it whenever I want to. It's involved in like metabolism of opiates, uh, even things like um, omeprazole and things for like uh, acid reflux and things mm, like that. Mm. Um, most psychiatric drugs, um, as well as caffeine. And I did a genetic test like to see, like it's really cool. I think everyone with personalized medicine should at some point get a cytochrome P450 test to see their drug metabolism because it can also make medicine better for like figuring out what drugs you should be taking or like, oh, hey, you have stomach ulcers because you're really stressed out and your stomach's messed up and you've been on, you know, uh, Lex, not Lexapro, uh, what's the Nexium, Nexium for months and it's not going away. It's possible you have liver enzymes that are rapidly clearing Nexium from your body, so it's not actually working. And so it's really mm-hmm. cool for personalized medicine, but one of them is involved in metabolism of caffeine. I also happen to have the rapid metabolize mm-hmm. of caffeine. So like you have some that are slower which will be longer half-life. And then you have some that are faster, which clears it pretty quick. I don't know the exact number for mm-hmm. half-life, but it's going to be varied based on these enzymes and genetic differences. Okay. So I also think it's funny when people are like, stop drinking it at 1 p.m. I'm like, yes, but everyone's half-life is different unless you know specifically what you know metabolizer you are. Yeah. You can't make that statement. Yeah. <laughs> I remember last year after our conversation about stress, and then I had Erica Gain on from Gaines on from TAC Mobility, and she it, it was 10 p.m. and I had a, a Red Bull, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "What?" ADHD. Right. And so she challenged me to go a week without drinking coffee or caffeine afternoon. And the first day I did that, uh, I slept till 11:30. So I was like, well, I guess there's no caffeine for me today. Like there's not enough time to, to get yeah. whatever. And the headache was insane. Right. But so I did it for the week and, you know, you challenged me. I'm going to do it. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's the it's that type. It's that, <laughs> that, that dopamine. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, you know, now thinking about it, I would pull a Missy Elliott and I would drop it, flip it and reverse it and see what I did with that. I knew you would like that one. I, I put that one in there just for you. I would say no caffeine after midnight or whatever. But again, it's, it's really easy. And then you get to that 3 a.m. part of your shift and you're like, oh boy, we are, we are not making it home safely if we don't get a little bit of, <laughs> let me get a taste. Let me get a taste. Well, I think with caffeine, if you, if you do choose to go off of it, like it, that's fine. It's your, your choice. I definitely think weaning off of it slowly mm-hmm. will prevent the headache and also just add a little bit more water in your diet. And you can also like, as you're cutting it out, like add things that have caffeine, but lower levels, like green tea instead of coffee. Um, you know, so there are safer ways of, if you choose to, you know, want to see what it's like without caffeine, you know, safer ways to, to do it without that, you know, raging withdrawal headache. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you cut out like uh, energy drinks or anything like that? Or do you still do them or? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a screenshot of my face. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, okay. I, I think I like caffeine. I think it works with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, on days when I know that I'm taking like pre-workout though, and like really supplementing gym stuff, I do watch it though, because, you know, I don't want to just overwhelm my body. I mean, I know I can handle it. I could probably take enough caffeine to take out an elephant, mm-hmm. but um, as my cardiologist jokes, I'm like, my blood type is caffeine positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've seen my tattoo. Like it, right? it does make my heart, you know, 
race a little bit and he's like you know you could cut it out and i was like yeah i'm not gonna do that but <laughs> i did cut back and like if i'm on the day when i know like i'm taking pre-workout and like uh, a vasodilator and like i've had coffee in the morning and you know adderall or whatever i'm like i'm definitely going to watch what i do um so i do try to mm-hmm. to stagger and not take an energy drink on days when i'm like about to slam a bunch of pre-workout but. that makes sense yeah i i did uh i've kind of since i haven't been on the road i've kind of st- cut back on it as much i've just been kind of relying on coffee but that is also a problem though because i don't drink it black so then you've got the sugars or the creams or whatever that goes into it so i mean it's really six one half and dozen the other depending on you know what's going to bother you but there was a time when i was trying to just drink those instead of uh, coffee for that reason when i was really going to the gym at 6 a.m a lot which i've kind of fallen off the wagon gotta get back on it but I was going with something with that. Oh, but yeah, when like when doing CrossFit, obviously your heart's going to be racing anyway, so I don't want to tax it too much. I remember one time I took an energy drink like within an hour of going to CrossFit, and I thought I was going to die. Didn't want to do that. So yeah. um, I get pretty nihilistic, but not not that far. Oh. <laughs> no, and the heart is in a whole different one because like it's just an uncomfortable feeling and like the pressure. I just yeah, it's one of those feelings I don't like. So if I can avoid, if I know I'm running, don't you know, don't yeah. overload the caffeine. Like you'll get the endorphins from running eventually. Correct. So. Let's talk about, because you kind of talked about if you're working night shift, stay on your night shift schedule, even off duty and stuff like that. That was where I wanted to go too, because you said, and I'm quoting you, you were like, yeah, I do this. But then like when on my weekends and my days off, I want to get back to my normal family schedule. That is so bad for you. I know you (laughs) want to. I'm like, obviously family is important. But when you flip flop like that, I'm assuming, are you guys like, it could be various days, right? But loosely you work five days a week. And then two days off, loose or sometimes not. Yeah, I do. Like for this coming week, Monday, Tuesday, I work off. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the following week is going to be the opposite of that. Okay, yeah, so that's complicated. And then I do know there are some people who work like four days on, four days. I don't know weird yeah, stuff. So anyway, yeah. a little bit more complicated. But when you constantly shift like that and go from a you know a, a morning diurnal to a night where you're flip flopping you are throwing off your system so much that it doesn't have a chance to adjust. Like if you did night shift every day and even on your day off days, you kept the same routine. You woke up at the same time. You kept your waking functioning hours at the same time. You know, it's awkward at night when nothing else is going on um, versus, you know, daytime, things like that. That's healthier for you than if you flip back and forth, because if you flip back and forth, your body doesn't have time to adjust and it throws off your cortisol cycle. It throws off your melatonin cycle. Your sleep's going to be screwed up. Your cortisol is going to be screwed up. You're going to be not in a good place. Mm. You're more likely to die of cancer and heart disease and all kinds of other stuff. All right. So this has been the 10A podcast. I'll see you next lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> On that cheery note. Yeah. Um, but so what can we do? You know, like, is there, how can we. I mean, if we're stuck on night shift and, and I prefer nights, you know, but I also prefer being awake when the sun's out on my time off. Um, how, how do we make that work? What is, you know, and I know that that's a problem for a lot of the guy, the folks listening. So is there a way to kind of find a happy medium or? I think it's going to be complicated. I mean, you can talk to your doctor. Like, I do recommend like going in and doing cortisol tests. It would be interesting to see what your levels are on like, like going before your night shift when you typically wake up at night or see if you can get like a testing kit to do at home and take a sample at home, um, you know, to see what your levels are on your normal like night shift routine, circadian rhythm. And then like on the day when you flip flop and force yourself to wake up in the morning or something like that and see what happens. 
maybe one day I'll write a grant to mm. convince a bunch of police officers to spit in a cup for me. Um, <laughs> you got it. Say, say, say one. Uh, yeah, because that'd be pretty cool to see like what your levels look like. Because like if you notice that like you know cortisol is too high, there are things you can do to lower it. You know, like meditating, yoga, working out. Um, you know, so you know on days when you flip flop, maybe do things to lower your cortisol when you first wake up, mm. and then maybe at night take a melatonin so that you know even though your body is not going to make the melatonin you need because it's off a little bit, you can like trick your body. So like don't take melatonin every day, but take it on days that like maybe you switch to day shift or like you're you're off here with your family. You're on a normal human day shift routine. Maybe take melatonin on those mm, days. Okay. Um, Cause that would be interesting to see. I also think like in an ideal world, if I was responsible for all police in the world, like, which would be kind of cool. I think I yeah. might be interesting. Um, I would be <laughs> Dr. Sure. Delery, the Supreme chancellor of police. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I would try to stick to the science behind it. And also like understand like guys with kids, on their off days are going to want a morning life. And so, you know, maybe keep ones with families who have more daytime responsibilities on day shift because, you know, it works better with them having kids and like the single dudes who like don't have kids or families yet. And, you know, are able to keep a night shift constantly, you know, switch them to night shifts Mm -hmm. and then like actually kind of stagger, you know, police times based on their life, their ability to handle certain things and like, so then not flip-flopping them constantly between day shift and night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be like really cool to do. I don't think it's ever going to happen, right. but um, you know, doing that and working with what we've got to make the best out of the situation would be kind of, I think, good. Of course. Um, yeah. But unfortunately in, in the real world, unfortunately we have to find a way to make what we have work for us. And yeah. I think I, I like the idea of like finding ways to supplement even on the days when you're off and you're kind of changing your schedule. I like the idea of doing things to relax your cortisol levels and things like that. So that might be uh, an interesting way to mitigate that problem. Yeah. Like if you're so, so say your night shift and then you're doing your normal wake up daytime and you're flipping to a day life, um, maybe first thing in the morning, switch your workout to first thing in the morning um, so that, you know, you can lower your stress then or do some yoga, meditation, things like that. Um, and then on, maybe on those days I would cut out caffeine in the afternoons Mm -hmm. and take melatonin. And again, a lot of people make the mistake of taking too much melatonin. I think a lot of supplements on the market are like five and 10 milligrams and science has shown that that's not really good for you because if you take that every day over time, your body gets adjusted to it. And then levels that your body normally produces will not be sufficient because your body's so used to like five and 10 milligrams, Mm. which is a pretty high dose. Um, so they're saying take like one to two milligrams at most. Like I really try not to go over one if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on those days, you know, take melatonin um, when you're waking up in the morning and that's not what you're used to. And then when you switch back to night shift, your body should already kind of be in that routine, but then you wouldn't have to take melatonin to supplement what your body's already doing. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, I'd be curious to see. That's so why I was like, Ooh, this would be a cool <laughs> right. science experiment. All right. To well, do. luckily I know quite a few cops. We'll, we'll gather oh, them yeah. all together the, oh yeah. yeah we'll we'll uh we'll get this all going <laughs> we'll do a i am like this would be the easiest like i know cops are probably not that willing to participate in science experiments but i'm like oh if i asked i'm pretty sure a lot of you would be like yeah dude totally it'd be right. fun i think like, so yeah we'll, we'll make a weekend out of it <laughs> yeah oh, oh my god do you know how cool that would be if we just have, like a, a gymnasium of like 
or actually, I guess it'd be like a conference. It would be like a cop cop. We'll do street cop training next year. We'll yeah. kidnap them. And during street cop training or some other police f- police week in D.C., mm-hmm. I will head out there and do science experiments on cops. That that would actually be pretty fun. Now that I think about it, that could be, that could be like, a lot hey, fun. you're here for a, like what police week's a week, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're staying at a hotel for a week. Like, hey, can I mess with your sleep cycle? Let's <laughs> do an all nighter tonight and then let's supplement the little time right. tomorrow and see what happens. Right. In this in this room you have to spit in a spit cup. Spit in a cup for me. <laughs> yeah. In this one, uh ten eight's gonna be putting you through some random tests and yeah, this could be fun. This is here, do you like counting mouth math backwards? Yeah. <laughs> sevens. Right. I'm like in front 4, of 4,665 in front of your police captain and some really hot chicks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be perfect. We'll, we'll, this is We're on to something here, Doc. We're on to something here. Nobody's still my idea. This is – I'm patenting, patenting it. it. Yeah. Patenting yeah. it right now. So talking about sleep and then, you know, we were talking about the good, the bad, the ugly with having a proper sleep schedule. And I think one th- – obviously cognitive function is one thing that, that's important for our day-to-day life. So is – uh, stress levels, but I I would even go to guess that our stress levels being up almost opens the door for our immune system to be all out of whack, and then leads us to getting sick. You even mentioned like, hey, if you don't regulate your sleep, you're going to get cancer and this and that and that. Is is there a correlation with that? Oh, absolutely, um, fantastic correlation. So. In the short term, cortisol is actually seen as being anti-inflammatory in a very like short term because the whole point of it is, you know, think of it as a stress hormone when it would be secreted in our like ancestral or I guess like cops, like someone's shooting at you or like a lion, tiger, bear, dinosaur is attacking you. Like, you know, you're dumping out cortisol so your body is prepared to fight um, because it helps, you know, boost adrenaline. It's all involved with that. And so, you know, there is a, a purpose to it. And, and when you're, you know, in that fight or flight you don't need inflammation. Like your body is focused on like helping you function and do what you need to do. Um, but in extended periods of time where it's just elevated long-term, whether it's stress from the job or you're constantly switching back and forth with your sleep cycle, things like that, or both, since we're talking about police officers, it's definitely both that leads to extendedly high levels typically. And you can actually end up developing a disease known as Cushing's disease, um, where your cortisol level is just high for so long, but it like it's characterized by like in extreme cases and like once it starts get, getting to like textbook classic, like you'll start getting like fatty deposits on the back of your neck and almost like a hunchback. Mm. Like you'll like hunch forward a little bit more. And I've definitely seen some um, admin who have the very classic presentation of Cushing's, mm-hmm. you know, carry more abdominal weight too. Um, and uh, you know, it's just not good for your health overall to have that. And it, it leads into a whole slew of other conditions too. But they've also shown that if you have higher levels of, salivary cortisol levels and things like that, it makes you more susceptible to other infections because over time it actually leads to a very pro-inflammatory, just chaotic environment in your body uh, and actually makes you more susceptible to infections, which mm. probably makes sense why I'm sick right now. Cause, right. Cause uh, you said how stressed you were for school and things like that. Yeah. Well, and then I went to a conference and it was last minute and then I flew like seven hours to California and was there for only like two days cause my student couldn't get off and like, it was just, it was chaos. And then like, of course we weren't sleeping and it was three hour time change and just mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and, and the day I got back, I got sick. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I knew you were, I knew you tra- traveled and I kind of, I was wondering the correlation oh God, of that too. Chaos. Well, so I went, it was just preparing for the conference and like we're ramping up, you know, towards final exam. So my students are stressed out. So therefore I'm stressed out. And then one of my students was presenting his poster on traumatic brain injuries at the American Physiological Society in California. 
and my best friend was going to be there. So I was like, okay, well now I have to go. Cause mm. like, Oh, I have to turn my student on, but also I want to see my best friend who I haven't seen in you know two years. Oh, three years. Um, so I was like, okay, we're going to fly out and go see her last minute. My student had an exam on that Friday. So we couldn't leave until after his exam was done. Mm-hmm. And then it was like rushed to the airport and then like get out to California and then like try to do conference stuff. And then like the conference ran from 7am to 11pm the next Ooh. day. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool though. Like they had some really good talks on like psilocybin use, um, for like PTSD and stuff. And like, mm. that was fun. Yeah. Oh, tangent. I'm sorry. No, that's a story. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. I was thinking of, um, back in March, I went on a, uh, on a retreat and our buddy pork roll was there and it was very similar, very short term. And it was got off at midnight, went home, packed. My flight was at 8 AM. Went up to Pennsylvania, was there for like two and a half, no, uh, two days. One half day, the full day, and then another half day. Then I flew back and I was back to work on Monday. So same idea though, like it, it, it runs your ragged, um, didn't get home with because of all the delays and things that were that I experienced. I didn't get home till about 11 o'clock at night on Sunday night. So it definitely, I, I can relate to it for sure. I didn't get sick from it, but I definitely felt drained, obviously, the next day. It took a while to get back into my uh, my normal mode of function, I guess you could say, which is always off anyway, so. Well, they did some studies, like, so people who get stressed out, typically, I would imagine, get sick after. Uh, for me, it's always viral infections, and that was what the paper I was reading before all this rabbit hole was that they saw an increased susceptibility in people who had naturally higher levels of cortisol. They were more susceptible to picking up viral infections. Mm-hmm. So that might explain why uh, Frank <laughs> is constantly getting COVID. Uh-huh, right, it is right. a viral infection, um, and uh, he keeps getting keep, keeps getting it. Um, that's one explanation behind it too. And they actually found it was pretty interesting that I, I'm going to probably go down a rabbit hole after this, that in people who had higher levels of cortisol also had longer viral shedding, which mean they were infectious longer, okay. um, around other people. It didn't correlate to the severity of the infection, but that's fascinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a walking Petri dish. Right, right. So the more stressed you are, which, you know, bad news for everybody that is listening. That's a first responder. You're going to be stressed yeah. anyway. So that's it's not there's not a lot of good news folks if you don't have your sleep under control uh you're just going to be a lot of so what tips have you found as far as like just generally speaking obviously we talked about night shift to day shift but just generally speaking what are some things uh that can be done to improve the quality of your sleep that you know you always say you said about the nuances and things that may go uh misunderstood or whatever so what would you say uh to optimize sleep and we're we're going to be preaching to ourselves here at, at, you know a lot of times when i do this podcast i feel like i'm just talking to myself because i i need to learn from these tips as well so what would you say to get better sleep and avoid all these negative uh benefactors yeah and so so what they say with a sleep hygiene a lot of the stuff that they commonly say so if like again work take take what i suggest with again, it's not medical advice. I'm not a medical physician, but two, take with what works for your body. Like if I suggest something and you know it doesn't work for you, don't try it. There's no point. Um, but things like they say, you know, taking a relaxing bath. I know guys don't like doing that. I highly recommend it. Um, the meme going around or the TikTok audio that's like, "Do you feel bonita?" Oh yeah, yeah do that. It's fun. Like having a self care relaxing day is great. Like warm fluids have actually been. Sh- <laughs> keep keep going with that thought (laughs) Uh, i was gonna suggest drinking tea before bed decaffeinated tea 
you know, helps relax. They do have some really good sleepy time tea mm-hmm. um, that has, you know, chamomile in it and things that, you know, we know anecdotally and like old wives tale help, you know, it doesn't hurt you. So mm-hmm. why not? It's cheap. Um, it can calm you down. So like drink tea um, before bed. Warm fluids. Um, yeah. Warm fluids <laughs> before bed. Um, exercise. They do recommend. This not isn't a drunk cops episode. You can't get wild with this episode. No. Uh, they recommend not exercising before bed just because after you exercise, you have higher levels of endorphins, which kind of wake you up and keep you awake. Mm-hmm, and so at mm-hmm. least exercise a few hours before bed, you know, find out what works for you or before when I say bed, before you go to sleep, whatever shift you are, um, you know, so warm showers, bubble baths, things like that. I know men don't really own into that. I really think they should. I think kind of the self-care spa day really is quite relaxing. Um, and uh, I wish more men actually, you know, took the time to do that that made me think of speaking of like tiktoks and and reels and whatnot it made me think of the one where it's like a dude and he's like a really buff looking dude and then the cat and they got like the cucumber slices on their eyes and the the hair wrap and everything that just was what that made me think of like oh it's so peaceful um i also think things you can do like you can schedule massages in or like um get you know the massaging shoulder pad Mm -hmm. thingies they have um you know that helps too because it's relaxing your muscles anything that kind of like you know slows your slows your body down, you know, prepares you for peace. Um, whatever that looks like for you, I think is good. Um, that's why they say yoga. I, you know, I can't for the life of me or med- meditate. I, you know, my attention span doesn't work for that, but you know, guided stretching, uh, is always good. It, you know, slows you down. If you, so I, I before we go too far down, um, I just, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just cause I hyper focus. Yes. Uh, so I want to just take a step back. So let's say you work out like me, like I was saying, I work out immediately after work. I go home and I basically try to go to sleep immediately afterwards, uh, after showering and whatnot. But is would you would there be and again, this is a broad generalization, but is there a good time frame between stopping working out and going to sleep? I definitely think that's going to be very subjective, just because it also depends on like what kind of workout you're doing. Uh-huh. Like if you're doing heavy cardio, heavy cardio, like it releases a lot of endorphins that runners high people talk about. You know, it does keep you up longer. Um, weightlifting for me always helps me sleep better, just because like I feel like at that point I've exerted so much energy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not getting the endorphin. Like I'm not pushing myself to the point of endorphins. I'm pushing myself to the point that I'm you know tired. You know, I've, I've used a lot of energy, you know, that helps me sleep better. I think weight training, I think is better compared to the cardio because the cardio has elevated endorphins for, mm. I think it's a couple hours after. Um, so maybe not recommending a hit work, a high intensity interval training workout or cardio before bed, uh, unless that relaxes you, unless like a peaceful jog in your neighborhood calms you down then go for it. Um, but stuff like that or stretching, dynamic stretching um, helps, but anything to kind of, you know, burn up some extra energy before bed can help too. Um, you just don't want to get to the point where like your body's like, Oh yeah, I'm super excited. Like I just PR'd like, uh-huh. <laughs> right. You're and right. Then you're up for hours excited about it. That's not going to help. They definitely recommend either cutting out screen time entirely for at least an hour before bed um, or getting one of those red light filters on your phone. I've seen a lot of data that shows like reading a book before bed can help relax too. But then I'm the kind of person who like, I guess does not read peaceful books. Cause I start reading and I'm like, Oh, this is super exciting. Like, I want to know what happens. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. does the heroine win? In the end? Uh, <laughs> it always wins in the maybe end. Maybe read a calculus textbook before bed. Those have put me to sleep. Yeah. That'll put you right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fine. What works for you. Find what helps slow your mind down, helps you be at peace. Um, you know, I know I've talked to some cops who do therapy in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Like if you can find a therapist who has evening hours or like, you know, a little bit after um, normal hours, 
um, you know, do therapy with that. Or like, I guess if you're day shift, you're lucky that if you get off at 8 a.m., you could technically it's before your bedtime or whatever. True. And that's when a lot of people have their first appointments. Yeah. Um, you know, process the stuff from the day. Uh, they've also recommended keeping a journal next to your bed because like a lot of people will ruminate and especially ADHDers will ruminate and just replay over and over things they didn't do, things they need to do, things that have happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I saw that look away. Uh, <laughs> keep a notebook next to your bed um, and write down, you know, things that upset you because yeah. then you can just like, Hey, you know, I'll write it down. So if I need to deal with it tomorrow, I can, or if mm-hmm. I'm worried, I'm going to forget that I have to do grocery, laundry, dinner, pick up the kids, blah, 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 blah. Turn in my shift paperwork. I don't know what y'all <laughs> stuff that cops do get my, yeah. oh. my badge freshened up yeah yeah yeah. uh you gotta polish it um and i was just thinking and i can't remember where i read it but someone or heard it maybe it was a podcast that they recommended actually not meditating before bed um because they said that like the whole point of medit well i guess it depends on the type of meditation you do but if you're doing like um guided meditation or if you're doing like something that's actually more active um it yeah. actually stimulates your brain so it makes it harder to go to sleep so mm-hmm. you gotta kind of feel around with it like the the app headspace if you actually pay for it um has a million different options for different meditations. so you can kind of see like they have meditations that are more relaxing guided as opposed to just the straight you know whatever and it, it um kind of gears your body to sleep versus so you just got to make sure you're not like doing the ones where it's like ooh, you're going on a quest kind of thing which i've, I've done those types of guided meditations so you, just, you gotta like just look for that as well i really like there's one called meditainment i think it's 35 dollars one time and you have access to their whole library mm, okay um, but they have a two guided sleep ones that are specifically designed for sleep um and it's winding down and it's like it also helps prepare you for the day like i was super creeped out the first time i did one because that one i was a skeptic i'm like there's no way this works you know it's a cool peaceful thing like they're having you imagine you're walking in like i think one's a beach and then one's like a country meadow kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was like yeah there's no way like it's just a pretty picture and they're talking to you it's it's peaceful and they're like yeah also imagine what time you want to wake up the next morning Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. This is not going to work. I'm like, okay, like I'm thinking 8 a.m., blah, blah, blah. I fell asleep during it. I don't even remember falling asleep during mm-hmm. it. And then actually woke up at 8 a.m. feeling refreshed. And it's like that mental trick of like telling yourself you were going to wake up feeling ref- It was, I was like, holy crap. I got <laughs> it actually worked. out yeah. by like psychology. It, <laughs> it works. <laughs> this, this mad scientist shaman crap actually worked for once. Yeah. Well, I was in here. I'm like, oh, I was like, I'm, I'm the one who's like, I'm never going to be hypnotized. And then I'm like, Got technically it. hypnosis is just a deep state of relaxation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, you know, you're not going to do anything you wouldn't normally want to do. Like people who get really into it, believe really into it. And so they like, you know, give into those preconceived notions. And I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. And I'm like, it might not be that bullshit. <laughs> right, right. Got me. Cool. Got me. Yeah. Um, so I was just while you were while you were explaining that I kind of was looking through my my sleep project that I had pulled up here, but it's really a lot of the stuff is what I've already talked about, about the different levels of cognitive functions kind of going away. Um, what I, what I reckon, what I read, this is from the CDC, which, you know, Ooh, the past few years has become, uh, yeah, this, 
Yeah, I was going to say over the past, past few years, they kind of became uh, questionable, but uh, this is... Yeah, political, but I do like individual scientists at the CDC. A bunch of them are Yeah, awesome. this is just like the general recommendations for how much sleep to get per age group. Uh, so basically everyone listening aged 18 to 60, so that's all of us, would be seven or more hours. So it's not really the eight hours or whatever. And it, they basically said that if you don't get the seven hours, that's when you're starting to get all these different cognitive problems. And there's, there's biological and physiological issues that go along with it. So basically, let me see if I can find it here. Negative effects. You've got an increased risk of motor vehicle accidents. Chronic sleep deprivation produces negative cognitive deficits which I think in this episode I'll probably for my intro or outro, I'll talk about it a little bit more in depth just so I don't have to spend all the time clicking through my notes here. But, um, so the biggest thing Ooh, you took notes this time. Oh, this is so exciting. The, t- the student has become the master. Right. Oh, I've got notes. I got notes, man. Um, so basically I didn't bring notes this time. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, now I'm the one with the notes. Uh, basically Ooh. it says that sleep deprivation and sleep fragmentation, uh, releases an increase in plaque, in the cerebrospinal fluid. And so basically when you sleep, there is, um, there's a protein, which I can't find at the moment, but how it's something in the, it's something in the glymphatic system. It doesn't say exactly what, so something within your glymphatic system goes through and acts like a vacuum cleaner and cleans up all the plaque in your, in your cerebrospinal fluid. If you don't, if you get less than six hours of sleep, as an adult, actually less than seven, uh, you don't get, it doesn't run the whole cycle. So think about like a Roomba. So this is perfect because my Roomba is a pain in the ass. I have a Roomba and every, uh, every other day around 7 PM, it goes through and it cleans my house. The problem is I was, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this, but the model I got didn't map my house. So it just kind of goes willy nilly until the battery dies and then goes back to the station. Problem is it gets stuck some places or it, it, it'll get stuck someplace. It'll die earlier. or get stuck on something and it doesn't complete. So what happens? The Obviously the house doesn't get cleaned. If this is your brain we're talking about, that plaque is going to build up in your, in your brain. And what that plaque does is it increases your chance for dementia. So yeah. the more awake time is the less time my Roomba's running around because it got stuck on something or it's just not able to, to get activated and the more plaque that's going to accumulate. So if you do that for several years, that's where you're looking at uh, getting you know, more cases of dementia. And it's something that you kind of build up over time. So that's just like my little thing that I've learned. And that's why, like, I try to get seven hours daily now, which is not always the case. There's days where I get three, but, um, well, you, you taught me something. I actually didn't know. I hadn't heard that yet. Uh, I wanted to explain one term that you dropped that I'm pretty sure the rest of the world won't know the glymphatic system. Yes. Everyone's heard of the lymphatic system, which is the connection of, it's like highways between your lymph nodes and the body. The lymphatic system connects your glial cells, which are your immune, your brain's like police officers. Mm. Um, your brain's police officers and like get rid of the bad guys and, and clean up the trash and like make your city safe. Uh, I don't know, Batman, that work in your brain and part of your brain's immune system. Um, I One of the guys who coined that term, I think, is Yoni Kipnis, and I met him at a neuroscience conference a few years ago. Dude, he's the coolest person nice, ever. Nice. Very nice. Um, he actually, their groups were looking at, like, the. did you hear about the different layers of the brain, too, that they actually found a new layer of, like, Mm-mm. the meninges? Because they were wondering, like, CSF flows throughout, like, it surrounds your brain, it goes through the ventricles in the middle of the brain, it goes down your spinal cord. They were trying to figure out how do we separate clean CSF from dirty CSF that's, like, built up of plaque throughout the day and things like that. And they ended up finding that they actually have a new membrane below the meninges that they didn't know about that separates clean CSF from dirty CSF. So like 
that's actually kind of your waste filtration system in the brain, which I thought was super cool. Nice. I came out this year that we found a new layer of the brain. Okay. It's amazing. This is the, the fun part of science, right? The, the new stuff so that comes cool. out. Um, yes. And then just to kind of uh, wrap up my side of the sleep study, basically it's showing that sleep disorders, so whether it be like sleep apnea, uh, insomnia, whatever, it just kind of without much surprise obviously hinders or, or uh, will lead to more things going on as well. So, you know, just get a check. So there's literally, I've got, I've got, I, man, I got charts and graphs and stuff in here, man. Oh my God, this is so exciting. <laughs> I know, right? So there's a chart here and it basically has sleep apnea, chronic insomnia, and then behaviorally induced insufficient sleep. Look at all these big words, man. Um, so basically it goes to increased wake time, increased neural activity, and then increased AB, which is the plaque. And it all goes down to cognitive dysfunction. All three of those things um, leads to it. And even if you have chronic insomnia and some people use uh, different hypnotic techniques, not necessarily hypnosis, but some kind of narcotic or whatever to use it. Um, all those things still lead to cognitive dysfunction. So um, just a little, little food for thought for your sleep. Right. Um, so I think, so we did, I did have you build for, uh, for some trauma response too, but I think we might break that to a second, um, second episode in, in the near future. Um, just because we're, we're running long here and then, uh, we're just tacking on to another episode whenever we can get our back of the room sleeping with their sunglasses on. Yeah, exactly. They're like a bunch like of nerds. Science came out. A bunch of nerds. But for everyone that's, well, what's that? I said, let me taking a shot of mustard. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Um, but, you know, we, we joke about the cops not liking the science talk, but I pulled this up while we were talking too. your first episode with me back in November of 2020. That's a long time ago uh, is my 10th highest rated episode. So, yeah, so you're definitely you're there. And uh, Wait, who beat me and how can I beat that? <laughs> um, well, I got one, two, three. Ep- four episodes with different street cop people. So that's, that's a big yeah. thing. And they then, following. yeah. So, uh, they, they got name recognition, but I mean, for you just being Dr. D, I mean, that's, that's pretty good too. So, um, yeah. I mean, as long as I help make a difference and, yeah. and I've, I mean, I've talked to plenty of people who have listened to our different talks and they go, I never like the ADHD episode, I think was a big, um, awakening for a lot of people that didn't realize like holy shit that's me too um that's the true me too movement right there um (laughs) so i just want to and i'm i know i'm going to talk about this in the actual my lead up to this but um if you guys want to check out our previous episodes we've talked about the brain in general we've talked about adhd stress and now sleep and she's also a frequent contributor to drunk cops whether she likes it or not my liver can't take it anymore yeah Um, (laughs) you're retiring (laughs) Yeah, uh, I have to. I haven't drank since well, I drank at the conference, but I really cut it out with like working out heavily mm-hmm. for the last three months. Yeah. And at the conference, I think one day I had two different beers. Like I was mixing, I had like a, a tequila, a beer, and sake, and I was done. Yeah. And the hangover the next day was. Yeah, I um, I had gone to the beach a few weeks ago, and I. But when you're going to the beach, obviously you're going to be more dehydrated anyway. 
and I had the worst hangover I've had in my life. And I wasn't even asleep yet. That's how bad it was. I was welcome to your thirties. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a rude, rude wake up call. And like the, so the last real bad, well, when I was in that retreat with pork roll, um, which was all due retreat, I swear it was nothing crazy. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh uh, no, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys like battle it out with like Taylor Ham and we, so like, we, swords made out of Taylor Ham? <laughs> no, that wasn't the sword fighting we did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but we did. We we made some Taylor ham, egg, and cheese, and I was the only one from North Jersey there, so of course I was the outcast, and everyone was calling it by the p word, um, p words. And but no, so I drank I drank quite a bit there, and then I drank quite a bit with uh, our buddy Frank when he came to visit. So, but beyond that, and then that was in January, and then in December is when we did Drunk Cops the last time. So those, like, I'm I'm really spacing out my drinking, but. Um, I don't know. I might be scheduling the the year end rap party for for the next one. See if you can uh, keep it together. Well, I have to. I have to see Parking Lot Patrol. Yeah, you you guys. Uh, he he didn't make it to the last one. He didn't make it to the last one. It wasn't. Oh, you're right. He didn't. He he couldn't hang. Yeah, he wasn't at that last one. The one before that, though, uh, over the summer, he was. There, Doctor Ellery. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, and one day, we're here's what we're gonna do. We'll do drunk cops live. We'll do it when we're all together in the same place, and then we'll do some uh, some neurological testings as well. Oh my god! I horizontal gaze is nystagmus. Yeah. You guys can actually do this on me for once, rather than me trying to do it to myself and then falling over. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so everybody, you gotta stay tuned for the near future. So this is coming out. May 11th, if my ske- if my editing goes right. So hopefully by the end of the year, we can link back up and do the, the trauma response one, because I do want to talk about that before the end of the year. Um, yeah, and then we'll we'll talk to you then. But Elizabeth, this is always great. I always learn a lot. And I feel like this time I like contributed intellectually more than just being like, oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Oh, no, I learned. So- you taught me something. Look at, I didn't look know at about that, guys. The so like, yeah, the docs still learn stuff. Right. And I love it so and, much. And who knows, maybe in like two years when I get graduated and stuff, I'll be able to teach you even more stuff and then you're gonna get your doctorate so you can be dr d and dr y and uh, then we just need a dr i we can be dr diy oh i like it look at that she's just full of full of uh even when she's ill even when she's deathly ill she's still got it well doc this was great thank you so much as always and we're gonna talk soon sounds good all right everyone's listening stay tuned we'll be right back It is always an amazing treat when Dr. D joins us for a show. Um, like I said, she's been on a million times to talk about different aspects of the brain, and I really appreciate for appreciate her for it. If you've never listened to our science episodes before, they're some of my favorite ones. It really kind of breaks the, you know, the cop talk. Now we're kind of talking about stuff more than just like, hey, what's your favorite traffic stop you've ever done, and what's the most uh, cocaine you've ever seized? Those have their time and place too, I suppose, but. Uh, these episodes definitely are uh, some of my favorites. So if you haven't listened to our episodes before, go check out episode one five, my fifth episode ever. And that was our general brain conversation talking about the police brain itself. 
Episode 134 is a discussion on ADHD, and that one's very mind-blowing. And then last year we had episode 214, which is all about how your body deals with stress. So if you're interested about the whole cortisol conversation and more, go check that one out. That one talked about that and more. Um, obviously, our, our police life is uh, very stressful as it is. So go check those out. Those are some of my favorites. And she's also been a uh, repeat offender. Uh, frequent flyer for the drunk cop episode. She's just a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I think we're scaring her away into uh, into uh, sobriety. So I guess, you know, good good as well. I don't know. And just because Dr. D is such an amazing contributor to the f- show and a fan favorite and because I was barbecuing when, when we made that episode, so I had to cut the episode short because I was taking too much of her time, we're going to be bringing her right back in two weeks. The doc will be back in to talk about the science of trauma response. That's another topic that I'm very much interested in. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to us in the first responder world. So you're definitely going to want to meet see that episode. Um, don't miss it. It's going to be in two weeks, coming out uh, about May 25th give or take a day or so, depending on how uh, how busy I get. So keep that in mind. Trauma response in two weeks. Next week, my guest is going to be this guy, Danny, from Washington State. He's a career law enforcement officer from Washington State. Uh, your ears should automatically perk up because Washington State and policing is kind of uh, kind of almost like being a cop in Washington State is like taboo, right? Uh, there's more, more crimes are legal than... Uh, enforcing the law is so definitely something you want to check out really an amazing conversation we're going to talk about his hero's journey his origin story it's pretty remarkable and it's going to talk about how you don't have to be a copy of the people that hurt you how you can own your own future by owning your past kind of goes into that saying that i've been saying and i got the wristband for it hurt people help people You don't have to hurt people just because you've been hurt. Speaking of which, this coming Sunday, which is Mother's Day, uh, happy Mother's Day to all you motherfuckers out there. Just get it. See what I did there. Um, I will be on a responder talk with Reps for Responders. They were our guests last week with Frank. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it out. But I will be on their responder talk. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you're interested, you have to be current or former law enforcement or first responder to listen. Uh, It's going to be a Zoom. So there's a high probability that you may get to see my face, but go message rush for responders. I think you have to do it on Sunday, but you can do it beforehand and let them know you want to check out the responder talk. They're going to verify your ID to make sure that you are a first responder and then you can listen to it. I'm doing a whole talk on uh, my story and then um, how hurt people can help people. So definitely want to check that out. It's going to be a great time. And obviously Thursday will be Danny from Washington state. I'm going to try to get, um, the next punk rock cops episode out for Monday. I can't promise that. So it's going to be coming. That one's going to be on uh, emo and pop punk. Speaking of which I have a whole weekend of recording to do. I've got uh, tomorrow, which is May 12th. We're recording the next punk rock cops episode, but it's also going to be a future 10, eight episode with our good friends over at kickflip and kickflips and donuts. So you don't want to miss that one. Uh, so that's going to be a crossover episode. I t- said it was a triple crossover. Not that kickflips has his own uh, podcast, but it's going to be his brand punk rock cops and then 10, eight. So that's going to be fun. And then, we're going to have the Dr. D and then the reps talk. And then I got to be busy with school too. So it's going to be a busy weekend, busy couple of weeks coming up for all of us involved. So uh, if you haven't already, check out the merch store. You know the link, 10-8-memes.ecwid.com. Hopefully we'll get a, a better 
uh, URL for that soon, easier to remember or whatever. But also rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. And uh, all that said, we will see you next week. Ending the episode with Keep Flying, their song Surviving the Night. Go give them a follow on Instagram, Keep Flying Band, one word. Find them on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Or if they're touring in your area, you don't want to miss them, go give them a, uh, you know, a quick hello. Tell them Charlie from 10.8 sent you. And, uh, yeah. That being said, guys, we'll see you next week. Take care of each other and stay safe. 10.8 out. So if my story's coming true, I'm the hero and the monster too. And all that I can really do is make melodies of my memories and hope my screams will reach you. How will I figure out just what this means? My legs are tired from chasing dreams And solving problems I create I could change my mental state if I was awake Last year I was asleep To avoid all of the pain But time forgot about me And everything has changed I just wanna see the sky And remember who I am I wanna live with open eyes I've decided that I can I'm waking up I'm waking up I hate how the negative is all I see And the thought of walking away Sometimes I think I've had enough But I could never get enough I can't live on love Last year I was asleep To avoid all of the pain But time forgot about me And everything has changed I just wanna see the sky And remember who I am I wanna live with open eyes I've decided that I can I'm happy in my dreams Cause none of this is real Cousin of death, and that's how I wanna feel. No one's coming to the rescue.